0: I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Tuesday, October 25th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech all in less than seven minutes.
1: Okay, Jay, so for our FOD, fact of the day today, 21.2% is how much Chinese exports to Russia increased in September compared to the year prior, marking the third consecutive month such exports rose at a double-digit pace. That's a lot of and Jay. What do you think they're actually importing in Russia there? It <laughs> could be
0: anything and everything, to be quite honest, because the rest of the world, my guess is, their imports into Russia or exports into Russia went down considerably, so probably everything but maybe also information on U.S. TikTok users, Brett?
1: Well, we don't get political on the show here, Jay, but what I will say is kind of interesting and and not something that a lot of people think about, but, you know, obviously a lot of stuff is made in China. And what's kind of neat is that these towns in China become very specialized. So there's like one town in China that produces 85% of Christmas lights around the world. And maybe it's that. Maybe they're just getting ready for the holiday season in Russia and they're importing a ton of Christmas lights in preparation. And you know what, Jay? There's nothing wrong with celebrating, you know?
0: (laughs) You really are getting in the holiday spirit. (laughs) I think that's a stretch. I doubt it's Christmas lights, but if that makes you feel better, Brett, that's what we'll call it. Brett, aside from an increase in Christmas lights exported from China and into Russia, what do we have for Peak Bells today?
1: For our first story, Davos in the desert is happening right now. For our second story, we need more blood. And for our last story, we're falling behind on standardized test scores.
0: For our first story, Saudi Arabia's future investment initiative, the FII, kicks off today with the who's who of international finance meeting in Riyadh to talk shop despite the icy chill hanging over Western relations. Brett, I bet they've got great food at this thing. What else is on the agenda?
1: Lobster for days. And look, there might be an icy chill hanging over Western relations, but I bet you it's pretty hot there right now. The three-day event, dubbed Davos in the Desert, will see a contingent of Wall Street's biggest names, ignoring trepidation from the White House following the Saudi-led OPEC decision to cut oil production, which was read as an anti-Western move. People are still going, Jay.
0: I guess they are. JP Morgan's Jamie Dimon, Goldman Sachs David Solomon, DJ David Solomon, I should say, and Bridgewater founder Ray Dalio, who's giving a talk there, are all ready to schmooze with crown prince MBS
1: Mohammed bin Salman. What a lineup. I wonder who the entertainment is. That'd, That'd be fun to know. And here's why it matters. Attracting capital has not been an easy task this year given, well, everything. Thus, the world's biggest dealmakers are more reliant than ever on influential state funds. It's probably not Kanye West, just to answer the question. about who's the, yeah. Well, it might be. I don't know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's
0: a pretty unpopular bunch. It might be Kanye West. At $620 billion, it's only the world's fifth largest sovereign wealth fund, but Saudi Arabia boasts the G20's fastest growing economy and is willing to spend to boost its image on the world stage. Just think of, I don't know, the golf tournament.
1: Yeah, live golf got 15,000 viewers on YouTube a few nights ago. With that kind of money up for grabs, bankers and venture capitalists are able to look past things that may have stopped them before, like geopolitical tensions or, you know, those pesky human rights issues, Jay. (laughs)
0: Yeah. American companies have previously boycotted the event. And in 2018, following the killing of dissident journalist Jamal Khashoggi, a move that Diamond said achieved nothing.
1: Yeah, it literally achieved nothing. Saudi Arabia is also interested in Western money and labor as part of its Vision 2030 campaign, as it looks to modernize its economy by 2030 and build the new city of Neon.
0: A few days before FII, the kingdom launched a new initiative to attract $10 billion in foreign investments to help bolster its supply chain.
1: As the old adage goes, Jay, money Talks. As fresh capital grows scarce, the chatter coming from Saudi money will be impossible for Western bankers to tune out. Especially because they'll actually be in the room. Yeah, and it's (laughs) going to be loud. (laughs) For our second story, as Canada Blood Services, CBS deals with decade-low donation levels. The nation's blood supply administrator hopes paying people to get jabbed will get more veins through the door. Jay, I hate blood. It makes me so squeamish. So unfortunately, you're going to have to take this one.
0: Well, I should say, as I show up, uh, you on the camera, that I actually almost cut my <laughs> pinky off cutting oh bagels gosh. this weekend. So I've seen Don't. my share of blood this week. So last month, CBS, which handles donations everywhere except Quebec, signed a 15-year deal with Spanish pharma company Griffles to collect and pay for blood plasma.
1: I, I, I'm genuinely feeling sick about this Do you want to see it? What? No, definitely not, Jay. That's the last thing I want. Blood plasma is used by people with immune deficiencies, rare blood disorders, kidney and liver diseases, and various cancers, according to CBS. Griffles
0: will collect blood plasma to source it for transfusions and turn it into a specialized medication called immunoglobulin for Canadian patients dealing with antibody deficiencies.
1: That's a tough word and a pretty good job pronouncing it, Jay. Thank you. The deal specifies that none of the plasma collected, nor the immunoglobulins made with Canadian plasma, can be sold internationally.
0: I don't think you've pronounced it right, but we'll let it slide. And here's why it matters, Brett. Canada is constantly short on plasma. Donations to CBS only met 13.5% of national demand, and 80% of plasma used in Canada actually comes from the U.S.
1: But, Jay, there are some major ethical concerns around paying for donations, chiefly the fact that paid donation centers typically target those who are already struggling financially.
0: In 2021, a U.S. study found the typical plasma donor was under 35 and made less than $20,000 a year, and donation payments effectively acted as substitutes for payday loans.
1: Oof. The system drives them to donate as much as legally possible or find workarounds to exceed that limit, potentially damaging their immune system for very limited financial gain.
0: Griffles will set the pay rate for plasma. At its Winnipeg Center currently in operation, donors are paid $100 for the first six visits before being bumped down to $35 to $55.
1: Now, here's what's next. Griffles will open an unknown number of collection centers in its Montreal Immunoglobulin. If you know how to pronounce it, please do tweet at us. The manufacturing facility is set to open in 2026.
0: (laughs) We'll get the right word by then. For our third story, about half of Ontario students are not meeting the provincial math standards of a B grade according to province's Education Quality and Accountability Office.
1: Yeah, and let's start with why this matters, Jay. This is not a local trend. Students worldwide are still trying to recover from the devastating toll the pandemic took on learning after facing major setbacks from remote learning. In the U.S., math scores have fallen in nearly every single state. Now, to catch you up on kind of why this is all happening, the comparison between the 2018 to 2019 and 2021 to 2022 school year, or what's now known as pre and post that old global COVID pandemic, the standardized tests show from those two periods that only 52% of grade nine students met the provincial standard, down from 75%. 47% of grade 6 students, down from 50%, and 59% of grade 3 students, down from 60%. So it seems like maybe the younger you were, the better you fared. Despite some concerns
0: over the rollout of new digital test format, without enough planning, students' literacy scores in English or French barely fluctuated.
1: Yes, but standardized math scores have been on decline for years. A pre-pandemic success rate of 50% isn't exactly something to cheer about, which led to a new curriculum rollout in 2020.
0: And the then-new Ontario government framed it as basic math and would give students the skills they need for future work.
1: Now, to zoom out, Jay. Mm -hmm. As provinces ramp up standardized testing after a three-year hiatus, they'll likely find that Ontario's outcomes are actually not that unique. There's a nationwide problem that we all collectively need to tackle. These are not great numbers. Pig Pals, thanks for making us the most listened-to business news podcast in Canada.
0: If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and
1: leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett.